So today we start our new sermon series looking at the book of Haggai. And in many ways, this uh, sermon series, only short, about uh, three sermons, uh, is picking up on a sermon series we, we looked at in the summer of last year, when we looked at Nehemiah, and we called that sermon series Rebuild. Uh, and then we were all hopeful, weren't we, that we'd kind of got over the pandemic and it was all going to get better, not knowing that probably even worse times were yet to come. And uh, in lots of ways, we were kind of naive at that point, weren't we? We were filled with all the hope of what would, what would be, and uh, it didn't come to pass. Here we are again, coming out of the restrictions, but now we have the vaccinations uh, happening, and they're happening at a fantastic rate. Uh, and we are hopeful that this year we'll see at least some end to the restrictions that we've had over the last year or so. And so it's important to kind of just pick up on some of those themes that we looked at and rebuild. And in, in lots of ways, Haggai does the same kind of, of thing about rebuilding as Nehemiah does. Because Haggai, he, he prophesies in that time before Nehemiah, when the people of Israel had just come back to Jerusalem and they're starting to rebuild their lives. And so before the walls are getting uh, completed, one of the tasks that the people of Israel chose to put their time and effort into was the rebuilding of the temple. And uh, the rebuilding of the temple was an important thing for them because the temple wasn't just the centre of their faith. It was a centre of their community. It was a centre of their commerce. It played a pivotal role in the life of Israel. And so it's hugely important that this place of worship and community and connection is rebuilt. Only it's not being rebuilt. The people were, when they come back, there's probably about 50,000 of them, and uh, Jerusalem is in ruins. And we heard that when we looked at Nehemiah. And they, they'd started the work on the temple with a big fanfare. They'd laid the foundations, they had a big celebration. And now, this is two years later, and hardly anything has happened. You see, the people of Israel had been through a traumatic time. They'd been captured, exiled, lived in slavery, and now been set free. And they set out with all sorts of hope, maybe a bit like us last year, only to find that the work was hard. The rebuilding of the city of Jerusalem was going to take years and years and years, never mind just the rebuilding of the temple. And so they're deflated, they're lacking motivation, they're struggling just to try and make the most of what's around them. And uh, we've kind of been thinking about some of those things, haven't we, about the disappointment of going into lockdown again last year and coming through it now, and we're looking to the future with hope, and, well, how much hope can we have because we're not too sure uh, there's still people saying, well, there might be another lockdown later this year. Who knows? Even with the vaccinations, we just don't know. And we've got huge questions about, well, what does our future look like? What will, what will church look like post June, whatever it is that we have all the restrictions lifted? We don't know. We've joked, haven't we, about people getting used to lying in bed and watching the services on Sunday. 
how many people want to continue that? And if people do, that's fine. But we don't know who will come on a Sunday morning to worship. We don't know who will stay with us online to be part of our community. We don't know just how much we're able to do come the summer. And on top of all that, we don't know what our town's going to be like in the future. We don't know how many businesses may have to close. We don't know what the nation's going to be like. There are so many questions, so many doubts. And it's a bit like the people of Israel here. They're trying to just work it all out as they go along. And what we see here and what Haggai prophesies into straight away is that they had shaped their priorities wrongly. They knew what their task was. It was rebuild the temple. Make sure that was done so that the whole community could benefit from that. But what they'd actually done was to focus on their own personal needs. And so in verse three of our, our, our reading, sorry, in verse four of our reading, the word of the Lord came to the prophet Haggai and says, is it time for you yourselves to be living in your panelled houses while this house, the temple, remains a ruin? They got all their priorities mixed up. They'd shaped their lives wrongly around the wrong things. And I think that's a danger for all of us, isn't it? As we start to try and come out of lockdown, that we just get our priorities all mixed up. And to, to not realise that actually there are more important things than just getting our own personal lives right. When Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God, he absolutely meant that. Make the kingdom of God your priority. Not your own personal needs or desires. Not about living in comfort. Get your priorities right. And that's what we see Haggai saying, or the Lord even saying through Haggai, to the people of Israel. Make sure your priorities are right. You've been living so far by the wrong priorities. And that has a consequence. And so what we see in verses 5 and 6 here is the Lord saying, just, just think about your ways. What have you been doing? He says, you've planted much, but you've harvested little. You eat, but you never have enough. You drink, but never have your fill. You put on clothes, but are not warm. You earn wages only to put them in a purse with holes in it. And that is a very kind of uh, graphic way of saying you are living life your way. You set your priorities around yourselves and what you are finding is life is not satisfying. You're not being fulfilled in your lives because your lives have the wrong priorities. See, this wasn't simply about the rebuilding of a building, the temple. This is about rebuilding their faith around God, but God right at the center of their lives. And that was the priority. In many ways, the building was just a physical expression of that. It was about putting God, right at the centre, making him the priority above all other things. And when you start to live life in a different kind of way, you will always find life unsatisfying, unfulfilling. And you'll be going through the motions of life without ever having life feel like it is satisfying. Because it is only by living God's way that we truly understand what life is. 
And that's what the people of Israel were discovering here. That as they lived their life with their own priorities, around their own personal life projects, then it was dissatisfying. It was unhelpful. I was reading a story um, uh, just this week uh, about an Iranian family who had become Christians in Iran and and to escape persecution managed to, to flee Iran and get to America. And they went thinking that America, this great Christian country, would be a place where they could thrive in their faith. And after some months, the wife said to her husband, she said, we need to go back to Iran. And he said, why? What is it? And she said, here, there is a satanic lullaby sending Christians to sleep. And I don't want to be sent to sleep. I want to go back to Iran. That's a hugely challenging statement about how someone who's had to put their life in second place compared to the priority of having God in their life. How they've come into a Christian country and discovered that all the Christians are actually just living according to their own comforts and their own desires and not living God's way. For those who have faced persecution and had to put God first and everything, to move into a place where Christians live a different kind of life was hard and she'd rather face persecution than live with what she called the satanic lullaby. Are we getting a bit like that? Are we so focused on our own personal projects and our own personal needs and things that we want to do that we have relegated God to second place? Are we kidding ourselves about how we are living life? And as we start to come out of the restrictions that we've been under, I want this to be a time where we simply reflect on who is or what is the priority of my life? Is it truly God? Am I living in a way that is seeking first the kingdom? Because that's effectively what Haggai is calling for, to seek first the kingdom of God. And it's only as we seek the kingdom of God that we discover real satisfaction in life and discover real hope and real purpose and feel fulfilled in life. It's, it's kind of like counterintuitive, isn't it? If you put yourself below God in terms of your priorities, you actually find life more satisfying. And with all the things that are going to be different in this coming season, More than anything else, we need to challenge ourselves about putting God first. In that passage, the the people choose to rebuild the temple. They choose to to put aside their own personal projects and to, to go after the kingdom. But what's really key here is what happens in verses Uh, 13 onwards because the Lord says you choose to put me first and you will know that I am with you he says that in verse 13 and then verse 14 says so the Lord stirred up the spirit of Zerubbabel the son of Shealtiel governor of Judah and the spirit of Joshua son of Josadak, the high priest and the spirit 
of the whole remnant of the people. And that's when they began the work. This was 24 days after that initial prophecy of Haggai challenging them. In that time, we don't know how the people responded, but they only started the work on the temple when the Holy Spirit stirred them up to action. And here I see more than anything else that if we are to move into this new season with a real sense of purpose and putting God as our priority, then we need to also make sure that we are asking God to stir up again within us our first love for Jesus, to stir up the power of the Holy Spirit within us, to stir up a hope and a faith for the future that is not about our personal projects, our personal needs, our personal ambitions, but simply about seeking first the kingdom of God more than anything else. Because we step out of these restrictions, we're going to find a a different kind of landscape in Southport. We're going to find different kinds of needs. Perhaps we'll find a greater openness to the gospel. Maybe we won't. We don't know yet. But we have to step into the future with God as our priority, seeking first his kingdom. And I want to call you guys to to do this with us, to, to step into the future, say, I'm going to seek first the kingdom above all else. My own personal ambitions, my, my career, my family, my desires, my needs and my wants are all second place to the priority of God in my life. See, when we make him Lord, he is truly Lord of all. And we all call him Lord. But how many of us just simply want him as a friend and not as a Lord? If he is Lord, He truly is the one who is the priority of our lives. Seek first the kingdom of God. Let me pray for you. I just want you to stop for a moment and to just open up your heart to what God might be saying to you. I hope that you feel a sense of stirring within you. God stirring your spirit with his Holy Spirit to say yes. I want to step into this future with you, Lord. Not simply with you, but with you as my priority. See, this is just a key discipleship moment for all of us, isn't it? Is he truly number one in our lives? Can you say that with all honesty and integrity? Just take a moment to be real with yourself. Christians are very good at at pretending most of the time. Christians are good at saying the right words. But actually it's by our actions that people will know us. Do people see in you that you're putting God first in your life? And as I just bring this to an end, I just want to invite the Holy Spirit into that place where you are right now to minister to you. So maybe just close your eyes. Be conscious of the presence of God with you. Holy Spirit, I pray now that you would be with all those 
who are watching us and that you would fill all those who are watching this with your Holy Spirit. Stir them up, Lord God. Stir them to action, an action that allows others to see that God is their priority. Holy Spirit, would you empower people? Holy Spirit, would you call people into specific things that you want them to do right now? Help them to hear your voice. And Lord, as we move into this new season, we do so with hope and with faith, but with so much uncertainty. Lord, I pray that you would forgive us when we focused on our own needs, on our own projects, and neglected the pursuit of your kingdom. So help us to step into this new future with you. In Jesus' name.